everything. But they began to speak truth to me. They began to say, you're okay. Mm -hmm. You can do this. We love you. That wasn't okay. Mm -hmm. You never deserved to be treated that way. Mm -hmm. They literally carried me Mm -hmm. through. Hi, I'm Carrie Korn, a brand new therapist. And I'm Susan Goss, a seasoned therapist. Susan has been my mentor for years. And we love talking about therapy, faith, and relationships. So join us as we share some tangible truths with you. So welcome back to another episode of the Tangible Truths Podcast. I'm Carrie, hanging out with Susan. Hi, Carrie. And Angie is still hanging out with us. Hey, y'all. She's here to spend the weekend with Susan. Susan and I are going to record an episode together, and Angie's just chilling on the couch. Um, But we all know that sometimes Angie has a hard time keeping her thoughts to herself. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So we've given her permission if she wants to jump in at any time, she might. So you might hear from Angie. You Mm -hmm. might not. We don't know. know. But if you hear a sweet voice joining us, it's Angie. So now you know. Our podcasts are truly live. They really are. They really, they really are. are. And if you missed last week's episode, mm-hmm. Angie was our special guest last mm-hmm. week. And we kicked off the series talking about singleness. Mm-hmm. And we just had a really helpful conversation about how we can love our single friends better. Mm-hmm. And so, Angie, thanks again for sharing your journey because I think it's really going to help us to kind of put a story to this experience so that we can do things differently. So thanks. You're Mm -hmm. welcome. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to talk, continue to talk about singleness. And we actually had one of our listeners. um, We had posted something on um, our Instagram Mm -hmm. a few weeks ago, just simply asking, Hey, what are some podcast topics that Mm -hmm. you would like to hear discussed? And one of our listeners said, divorce, dot, 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 rebuilding after abusive relationships. Wow. And we were like, yeah, we should talk about that. Yeah, we should. Because that's a hard thing. It's hard and a great question. Yeah. Because it is, uh, it resonates Mm -hmm. actually with a whole lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately. Yeah, it does. And uh, Carrie, one of the people it resonated with was you. Absolutely. And so uh, I actually really thought, okay, Carrie's got to do an episode. Mm -hmm. And Carrie was like, I'm all in. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Especially on this topic of singleness. Yeah. And how you also, just like Angie, Mm -hmm. last episode, Mm -hmm. abruptly. Right. Right. Yeah. uh, Became single after your divorce. Yeah. Yeah. After 19 years of marriage. After 19. Mm. That was my next question. Mm -hmm. How many years were you married? 19. 19. And that 19 years was not pleasant. No, it was not. But it was hard because to the outside world, mm-hmm. it was. Wow. We we played the game really well. Uh, looked good on the mm-hmm. outside. Right. But on the inside, it really fits the 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 question yeah. on Instagram mm-hmm. that the listener sent in mm-hmm. perfectly, right? It does. It does. And that's even hard to say. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of want to preface this with a little bit of backstory. My marriage was never good. Mm-hmm. We had good moments. We had happy moments. Um, we have four beautiful kids together and everything that had to do with the kids was, of course, wonderful. Not mm-hmm. perfect, but mm-hmm. wonderful. But there was always this underlying 
how much longer is this marriage going to last? And I didn't realize that until it was actually over. And, you know, I mean, you guys know me well enough to know that I'm a huge believer in um, reflection and those kinds of things. And so immediately after my divorce, I dug out every single journal that I owned Mm -hmm. and went back and reread everything. And I remember reading a journal entry less than two years after we got married that said, every day I wake up and wonder, is this the day that my Mm. marriage is going to fall apart? Really? Right. Wow. So it wasn't a surprise to me that the marriage ended, Mm -hmm. but After 19 years, you kind of get to the whole, like, maybe we're just going to stay together even though we're both miserable Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so it was a surprise, but it also wasn't. Mm -hmm. And I still stand by this of it is not my place to put anybody else down. And so I'm not going to talk bad about him or any of those kinds of things. But that became a struggle for me because in my own journey of healing, it came to the point where I had to say some of this was abusive. Oh, yeah. And it took me five years to be able to say that word out loud. Yeah. Abusive. Yeah. 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 And still to this day, it's hard to say that out loud. Right. And the reason is, is because as soon as I say that, then I'm like, well, then what does that say about me? Mm-hmm. Right. Then I was the victim, that I was mm-hmm. not strong, that I, there was something wrong with me mm. if I was in a relationship where abuse was involved, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And again, nobody on the outside knew because we were so good at dressing up and putting the smile on our faces and walking out into public spaces where we appeared happy and ha- appeared as if we had it all together. Mm-hmm. So to say things like, oh, no, it was actually really, really toxic behind closed doors felt like a betrayal Mm -hmm. of the act that I had agreed to be a part of. Wow. That had to be hard. So hard. That had to be hard. So hard. Uh Uh-oh. We're fixing to walk out the door. I got to stuff all this. Yeah. So I can be happy. And pretend Uh like... We're the perfect, Mm -hmm. sweet little couple with Mm -hmm. no problems. Because when we come back home, it's all toxic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That had to be hard. It was. And so the question Mm -hmm. reads, could you read that question again? How do you rebuild Mm -hmm. after divorce from an abusive relationship? Let's pull that out. Okay. Let's, let's, Let's take that out and pull it apart. Okay. I like the word rebuild. Yes. And so let's, can we pull that word Mm -hmm. out? And the podcast is about singleness. And if we're rebuilding Mm -hmm. after divorce, I'm going to really pull some stuff out Mm -hmm. of you because I, I know you pretty well. Right. (laughs) And so what did it take? Yeah. For you to rebuild mm-hmm. and in between you, I know you've remarried now, mm-hmm. but let's just talk about this space right. between divorce and now you're remarried, yeah. that space in between there for you to rebuild Yes, and during your singleness mm-hmm. and that time of reflection and rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that space. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to start with, I took my time in that space. Yes, you did. And everyone that I know who finds themselves in this space. My number one piece of advice is do not be in a hurry to enter back into the dating world Mm -hmm. because whatever got you to this point was huge Mm -hmm. and it's going to take a really long time to find yourself again. So don't rush into anything. So for me, 
it was seven years before I even went on a, a date. Mm-hmm. Never even went on a date for the seven years. Mm-hmm. That seems a bit excessive. And Susan would tell you that at, at, by seven years, she was literally saying, if you don't go out on a date, gonna, <laughs> you have to put yourself out there. And I was like, okay, I think it's finally time. But I'm so glad that I didn't rush that right. process mm-hmm. because I know that who I brought into my new marriage Mm -hmm. wasn't the same girl Mm. who got divorced. Amen. Right? That's exactly right. And so I think when you talk about rebuilding, the first thing that you have to realize is there may be some things you have to tear down. Mm -hmm. Um, And that came, that process for me took place in the therapy chair. Okay. So you'd say therapy is your first number one First number one. Besides God. Yes. But I was like. Yeah. Therapy. I can't think clearly. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what happened. And so immediately began therapy. Mm-hmm. And that's when those whole, you know, like I would share something with my therapist and she would go, what? And I'm like, that's not normal. No, mm-hmm. that's not okay. Mm-hmm. And so I realized we had built some really toxic structures. Uh-huh. And what's hard to hear is even if there is an abusive partner, there's also usually a codependent partner who's agreeing with and, you know, participating in. And so Mm -hmm. I built this, I was part of building this toxic, I at least lived with it. Mm -hmm. I didn't push against it. I let myself fit into Mm -hmm. the toxic cycle that we were in. So even beginning to recognize, oh, this was toxic. Mm -hmm. We can go back to my family of origin of like my parents didn't have a great marriage. And so a lot of what was happening in my marriage felt familiar because it was similar to what I saw my parents doing. Mm-hmm. And and so it took a while for me to go like, this isn't normal. Mm-hmm. And I had to tear that down mm-hmm. and then get to a point to where and honestly, it was probably the hardest point because I got to a point where I'm like, there's nothing left. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I'd lost myself in that. And the, like, where do we like, there's not even a brick to start building again. It just Mm -hmm. literally felt like there was nothing. And I think I had to get to that point Mm -hmm. before I could start rebuilding, Mm -hmm. you know? And Mm -hmm. so my therapist really helped me. What do I believe about myself? What do I believe about what God's design for marriage is? What do I believe about safety in relationships? Mm -hmm. What do I do with this pain Mm -hmm. that feels so huge that I don't know what to do with Mm -hmm. it. And so having a therapist to walk alongside of me in that journey was absolutely necessary for me. I couldn't have done it Mm -hmm. without that. It kept you stable. For sure. Yeah, it really did. And and then just the singleness, Mm -hmm. going back to that, just being single all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, therapy helped that, but... Your sense of community then? Right. Let's talk about that for a minute. It did shift. Shifted completely. So last week when we talked to Angie, so much of what she was saying was resonating with me because I felt that same. I had gone from being a leader in my church to teaching platforms and these kinds of things to being asked to step down. Mm. And to... You were literally asked? Mm -hmm. I'm going to... I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna repeat that. Yeah. So you were already teaching. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden when you were single, right. you were asked to step down. Asked to step down. Wow. To no longer participate in leadership. And so I I remember thinking, I feel like I've been disqualified. 
Yes, um, right. That, that does resonate with what Angie mm-hmm. said. Angie all of a sudden felt invisible. Right. I'm not worthy. Right. They don't know what to do with me. Yes. That you're saying the same thing, but different. Yeah. Like yeah. I was teaching. Now I'm asked to step down mm-hmm. and not to teach. Right. Wow. Yeah. And it was such a hard transition. And so for me, one of the one of the hard parts of walking through this is I didn't just lose my husband. Yeah. I also lost positions of ministry. I lost places where I was a leader. I lost mm-hmm. friends. I lost the respect of people mm. that I used to have. Mm. I went from feeling as if my church was the safest place mm. in my world mm. to feeling like it was the most unsafe place mm. in my world because mm. people were talking about me behind my back and whispering and things would get back to me and judged. Ju- oh, completely judged. Mm-hmm. And so I went from, I have this community, I have these friends to, I don't think I can trust anybody. Mm. And when you come out of a very toxic marriage, mm-hmm. trust is already hard. Mm-hmm. And then when people are shaming you mm-hmm. for being a divorced person, mm-hmm. then of course I'm not going to trust them. Mm-hmm. And so I just found myself pulling back and pulling back mm-hmm. and pulling back and isolating and not wanting to go out in public or go to church or any of these things. And so talking back to rebuilding, what helped me through that process is I did have a small group of friends Mm -hmm. that I did trust completely. And I had actually read an article several months before I got divorced. And then after my divorce, during the period of separation between him leaving and the divorce being finalized, I just remembered this article and I went back and read it. And it was a woman who had walked through the divorce and she talked about intentionally building a team of people to walk through the journey with you. Mm. And I was like, that feels important because I know myself well enough to know that my way of protecting myself is going to be to isolate. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I knew that that was the worst thing that I could do. Is that your go-to? That's my go-to. Yeah, no, you no. know, we have our fight, flight and freeze mm-hmm. minus flight. I'm going to run as far away yeah. mm-hmm. as I possibly can. And I knew that I couldn't do that and heal. And so I remember sitting down with a pen and a piece of paper and just asking God, give me a list of names of people that I know that I can trust. Mm. And he gave me a list of about five people and I wrote their names down and I composed an email and I sent it to all of them. And I just said, Hey, we haven't gone public with this yet, but we're going through a divorce. You guys all know me well enough to know that I'm going to run and hide, but I know that I need people to walk through this journey with me. Mm. No pressure. You can say no, but if you are willing to walk through this journey with me. Can you let me know? I don't even know what that looks like. Mm. And it wound up being wonderful because these people, this small group of people, and I told them, I'm like, if you're going to walk through this journey with me, you have permission to say anything to me that you feel like you need to say to me. Mm -hmm. You have permission to speak truth to me. And they did. Mm. And, and so it was, you know, sometimes it was my best friend saying, I know you're hurting right now, but you got to suck it up and show up for your kids today. Mm -hmm. Okay. I had another friend who was like, this feels really invasive, but can I help you sit down and look at your finances and create a budget? Mm. And I was like, oh, thank God. Uh, Thank mm -hmm. you. Yes, Mm -hmm. please. Um, I had another friend who was like, I know Christmas is coming and I know that you don't have the money to buy stuff for your kids. I'm going to get a group of people together to buy Christmas presents for your children. Not can I, 
Mm -hmm. I'm going to, Mm -hmm. because you gave me permission to love you through this. Mm -hmm. And so that team of people saved my life. Mm -hmm. And it was so hard for me to ask Mm -hmm. for that kind of help, because that's outside of my norm. Mm-hmm. You know, I tend to be, a, I can do it by myself. Mm-hmm. I don't need help and mm-hmm. um, and everything. But they began to speak truth to me. They began to say, you're okay. Mm-hmm. You can do this. We love you. That wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. You never deserved to be treated that way. Mm-hmm. We see the truth. They literally carried me mm-hmm. through that especially those uh, that initial first year or so when mm-hmm. it's so 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 what an answer to pray i know oh, i know i so... think like even now because it's been 10 11 years and thinking about them and the way that they loved me mm. is so precious yeah. to me yeah and, and it was so tangible right mm-hmm. right and i think one of the things that it did is when those mean-spirited people or mm-hmm. those people, maybe they weren't mean-spirited, it felt mean-spirited, but but those people were talking about me behind my back. Mm-hmm. When I got those jabs, when I felt like mm-hmm. I had that scarlet letter yeah. D on yeah. me and I felt dirty, I could tell them and they would be like, no, that is not the mm-hmm. truth. And that sometimes they'd be like, who was it? I'm going to go beat him yeah. up. And, <laughs> and so it made me feel like I wasn't, even though I felt dirty in those spaces, I felt like I didn't belong anymore. Mm-hmm. I belonged with them. Mm-hmm. And that was enough. Mm-hmm. The other wow. stuff still hurt, mm-hmm. still made me mad, still makes me mad to this day to think about it. But I belonged with them. Mm-hmm. And which leads me to my next thing. Mm-hmm. Just hearing you say dirty, yeah. you felt dirty, yeah. hurts my heart. I know. And it hurts me, right? Carrie, right here. Yeah. And it leads me to the next point of, knowing who you are, right? the true identity mm-hmm. of who you are and where your identity comes from. Yes. So when you do get that, yeah. either either somebody calls you a name, mm-hmm. literally, mm-hmm. which you've had that, mm-hmm. or, or you feel, mm-hmm. I feel invisible, I feel dirty, yeah. I feel you go to who you truly are and where you've learned your true identity. Right. I think this is maybe the time frame of, when I got maybe my email. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know, but because I say that because I know we talked about that a lot, mm-hmm. but this is really where you honed in on mm-hmm. uh, really knowing who you are. Right. So, yeah. In your singleness, mm-hmm. this is probably what saved you and got you super healthy. Yes, for this sure. This is where I know who I am. Exactly. Okay. And and when you leave, when you've been a part of a marriage for nearly 20 years, weird little things. Like I remember something that I kept getting hung up on is I would say we all the time. Mm. Mm. We're going to go here. We're going to go to church on Sunday. Well, let me see if we can do that. And I was like, who is this we I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. There is no we, there's just me. Mm -hmm. But I had 20 years of being a we. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting in my therapist's office just (gasps) sobbing and I'm like, I'm not a wife anymore. What am I? Mm -hmm. And then, and then to recognize along the way, I've been a victim. I don't want my identity be identity to be a victim. Mm-hmm. Like that's horrible. Mm-hmm. And so there was all these 
names that I had identified with that no longer fit me or I didn't want to fit me or like I didn't want my identity to be a divorcee. And I remember, you know, at the time of my divorce, which this is just a layer that nobody should ever have to walk through. I was working in a very public, very full time ministry Mm -hmm. and everybody knew me and everybody knew that I was walking through a divorce. And I had a lot of pressure from people saying, you should talk about your divorce more. You should talk about singleness more. And I was like, I, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. I do not want to be the spokesperson Mm -hmm. for divorced women. I do not want to be the spokesperson for being a single mom. I am so ashamed Mm. of this label that Mm. I want nothing to do with it. Mm. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm not a wife. I don't want to be a victim. I don't want to be a divorcee. I don't want to be a single mom. So what does that leave me with? Mm -hmm. And I just felt completely naked, Mm. completely uncovered, completely like I, I am nobody. Mm. And so, and so that is part, that is the time where you and I started connecting Mm. and you started speaking to me about identity and what does identity look like? And, and to realize that I have intrinsic worth and value just because I exist. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with if or who I'm married to. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with if or who my children are. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with my job title, my skills, my talents. I exist and therefore I am worthy Mm -hmm. of being loved. Mm -hmm. And so so that was the place that I began to find my identity from, Mm -hmm. from a place of love and Mm -hmm. from a place of worth Mm -hmm. and knowing that I was valuable. Mm -hmm. And so then I began to this whole like, well, who am I? Mm -hmm. Who am I? (laughs) Who is Carrie? Who is Carrie? <laughs> what do I like? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And my favorite color is fill exa- in the blank. <laughs> and, and like, honestly, like I little know. things like mm-hmm. I'm going to cut my hair without asking for permission. Mm-hmm. I remember, and this may sound really weird, but I remember intentionally going to the mall to buy an cl- article of clothing that had polka dots on it <laughs> because I was not allowed to wear polka dots because my spouse didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And it was just this whole reclaiming of, I love polka dots. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to go buy, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. Polka mm-hmm. Dot suit. Exactly. Oh, and, and everything. And so it was little things like I no longer have to get permission to get my hair cut. Mm-hmm. I will tell you this. I have not watched a football game in 11 years <laughs> and I have no intention of ever watching another football game ever again. And so it was just this whole, I don't have to do something to appease someone else Mm -hmm. anymore. I can just discover who I am. And it was a really beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And as I began to figure out who I am, what I like, who I like, what kind of music I like, what kind of food I like, um, what my passions are in life, I just felt like all these pieces were coming back together Mm -hmm. and refitting together in a way that when I did go on my first date, After seven years of being single, I walked into that restaurant feeling completely and totally confident of who you are. I know who I am. And if this person does not like who Mm -hmm. I am, then I'm 100% okay being single for the rest of my life. You walked in on that date, sitting down at that table, looking at the menu and knowing what you wanted to order. Yes. And got to order exactly what you wanted exactly. to order. Exactly. It's a big difference. It is. In seven years. It is. Uh, that's a silly example. No, but, but it's, it's a true. very important one. Right. And you got to order it because 
knowing who you are and knowing what you believe in, knowing what you stand for, knowing who you are, mm-hmm. your identity coming from Christ, right. not from some human. Right. Uh, telling you who you should be. N- telling you who you should be. Right. Amen. Is a huge difference. And it changed who you are. Listen, in your singleness, yeah. you, I mean, God, of course, we've said this a million times, but God literally does not waste anything. Right. He and during during that time of singleness, in between mm-hmm. your divorce, in between, mm-hmm. like I said, this space that we're mm-hmm. referring to and talking about before you remarried, yeah, which was how many years? Refresh me. Well, I know that it I was know seven this. seven years before we started dating, and then we dated for two years. Uh huh. So. Oh, I remember that. So seven years of singleness and then another two years of dating but not married. Yeah. So nine years. So during this nine years, the growth. Oh. So your singleness was used. Oh, my word. Your growth Mm -hmm. during those nine Mm -hmm. years was phenomenal, both both emotionally, spiritually. Mm -hmm. In every way. In every way. Right. During that time that needs to be pointed out. And what we're talking about here, too, I just have to point out. Yes. The therapist in me is just dying. Do it. Do it. (laughs) Is differentiation. Yes. And see, we we have, can I just say, we've done an episode Uh on differentiation if someone wants to go back. Right. I think it must have been in season one. I think surely. So. Yeah. But you can go back to season one and look. I think it's mm-hmm. identified as differentiation. Mm-hmm. Yes. But that's what you're talking about. Yes. Is differentiation. I'm okay. Yes. Even if nobody else is okay with me. Amen. Wow. Right. That's so good to be at, at that point. But I but can I just say this because I'm just sitting here thinking that somebody's listening right now going, I'm never going to be okay. I never thought I was ever going to be okay ever again. No. I and really I can didn't. attest to that. I, I can attest I to that. I was so broken. Yes, you were. That I never thought I would ever be okay mm-hmm. ever again. I believed with all of my heart that healing was for everyone but me. Mm-hmm. That I would never. That's how, be, that's how beat down you were. Exactly. That I would never even get to a place where I was okay, much less where I am today, where sometimes I look around and I'm like, Am I allowed to like my life as much as I do? Mm -hmm. Am I allowed to feel as comfortable in my own skin as I do? This Mm -hmm. feels wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, so I hope that that gives someone hope because I, not exaggerating, never thought I would be okay ever again. Mm -hmm. The confidence of God in you. Mm -hmm. It's what that represents mm-hmm. to me. And it's just an amazing work of the Lord yeah. because his truth is in you, not somebody else telling you who you are, right? Uh, which was a lie, right? Straight from the pit right? of hell. Which is why I needed a therapist and all my friends to speak to truth right. to me. Yes. yes, exactly. So, well, Carrie, you have encouraged me mm-hmm. oh, so, you. That's so much to... To speak to that, because just even just recently, I was bombarded by grief, mm, right? Just bombarded by grief, and that you know the divorce grief yes. all gets tangled up in there. Mm-hmm. So thank you yeah. for talking about that. Mm. It just came up this last week, and uh, I start thinking, I must not be okay. Mm-hmm. I must. You know, what's left of me when you tear all those bricks down, sometimes I go, I don't really like this. Yeah. Yeah. And probably nobody else likes it either. Mm -hmm. 
So that identity piece. Identity is huge. It is. And I think, Angie, you're you're bringing up a really good point that I kind of want us to end on. I am in a really good place right now. And I do love my life right now. And I do have a sense of identity that I've never had before. But that does not mean that I am done with recovering from my first marriage Mm -hmm. and the divorce. Because there are still things that come up. Even to this day. Now, am I more equipped to handle them when they come up now than I was 10 years ago? Yes, absolutely. But my husband and I are both remarried. We both came out of difficult marriages. And so there are things that come up in our relationship that we're like, whoa. Uh And the old me jumps to the surface and wants to kind of like mess everything up. And so there's still hard parts of this. There's still moments of grief. And I think that's going to be maybe a lifelong journey, Mm -hmm. but I also think that that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, I'm going to go back to my statement that I think it has become, sadly, a cliche, but it, it shouldn't be because it's very true. God literally does not waste that. No. I think it is to his glory that he does yeah. not, yeah. if we allow it, yeah. that we are all on this. We are all on a journey of growth. If we live to be 150, which we're not going to live to be 150, mm-hmm. but my point is we are always growing yes. and, uh, and changing. And so that journey of growth will last a lifespan. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A lifespan. Yeah. So allow it to be. Mm-hmm. Allow it. Thank you so much, Carrie, for Thank sharing you. your story. Yeah. And I know that both Angie and Carrie listeners have been this story of singleness for both Angie and Carrie has been a story of singleness after divorce mm-hmm. turning single. But there are so many out there that resonate with the story that we've heard from. So we're sensitive to that. Well, thanks for joining us this week, and we'll see you guys next week. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Tangible Truth Podcast, part of the KLRC Podcast Network.